1: Maybe we don't know what good looks like. Maybe we're so cynical, so conditioned to an anemic recovery in economy and a so-so market that we simply can't imagine what we're seeing on our screens these days. After another good one, Dow gaining 29 points, S&P advancing 0.09%, NASDAQ climbing 0.43% at the end of a very good month where we steadily powered higher in a way that we haven't seen in ages. It was October, people or that many younger portfolio managers haven't seen at all. We need to address something. We need to address what I call the incredulity issue. Incredulity. This kind of rally seems unbelievable. The world's been starved of growth for ages. We simply haven't seen anything like it for so long that we have a hard time grasping this move. And therefore, it makes the move feel phony. But that's only because we're so accustomed to living in the shadow of the Great Recession. We had a huge worldwide slowdown that made us believe growth would always be slow and difficult to come by. It became the mantra. It's the ethos drilled into our heads. For years, it felt like either our economy or the major economies overseas were going to be muted because businesses didn't want to spend because there wasn't enough demand to make it worthwhile. In that period of slow growth, what defined a winning stock? Well, let's talk about that. What worked? Let's see, it was a company that repurchased a lot of shares, fired people in order to translate a bit of that sales growth into a double-digit bottom line, or maybe it was a company that shrank to grow, or a company that acquired another business in order to put the same template to work, layoffs and cost cuts to increase its profit margins, split-offs, spin-offs, dumping underperforming divisions. That's how your stock got higher. That's what kind of bull market it was, if you want to call that a bull. If we saw any acceleration in earnings during this period, it was clustered around a very few, group, very few stocks. And we ended up calling them FANG, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, now Alphabet. Now, we came up with that acronym on Mad Money to shine a light on pretty much the only companies that had actual, we call it organic growth regardless of how the global economy was doing. Facebook went from being something they sent you at Harvard to get you familiar with your classmates to an online platform where two billion users provide the content for willing advertisers. Amazon became the greatest retailer in the world. The much scoffed at Netflix became the first worldwide television network. Alphabet used computer power to optimize search, which allowed advertisers to place their wares right where it made the most sense, the point of sale. Over time, though, unlike what many people who talk about the stock market come on air and write about, over time, over time, the narrative of the actual economy, not the stock, the actual economy began to change. The central banks, they kept interest rates low. Hey, we kept hearing that was bad. Seemingly, every country on Earth made cheaper money available. Cheap money plus pure demographics, as in how long can you really live under the same roof with your parents as you start to have kids of your own? And with a health, healthy loss of memory about the bad old days. And it took some time. You had to have a healthy loss of memory about what went wrong. Well, all of these combined to start a new business cycle here in America and overseas. At the same time, China grew consistent. Japan lost decades. No more it's ignited. We don't talk about it enough. Europe, after a prolonged crisis caused by a really foolish central banker, finally caught fire. What a turn that's been. India also got better. Latin America, excluding Venezuela and Brazil, has prospered. Even Russia came back online. Next thing you know, the forgotten industrial companies that had gotten leaner and more technologically oriented saw their order books grow and were ready to meet that new demand with far fewer workers. They had lowered the table of employment taking costs out. That meant any pickup in sales led to much higher profits than any analysts were expecting as the leverage to their models became clearer. Hence what we're hearing this whole earnings period sharply better than expected. It much better than expected. At the same time, Wall Street became infested with negativity. Stocks that moved up in anticipation of earnings were castigated. Fang was considered heresy. Any upward movement in cyclical stocks was derided. Plus, the market seemed fragile memories die hard in the stock market, if not in the real economy. It was so much easier to be a bear than to be a bull. Now, I know some people would like to regard Donald Trump's surprise victory a year ago as kind of a watershed moment that infused American business with confidence. I get that. But I do look at it a little more holistically, because it's not just about the U.S. It's the whole darn world. Europe, which had been a constant worry, flipped and became a source of growth this year. Uh, Eurozone's finally got its house in order. That's, by the way, while the euro went up, which helped all our earnings. China stayed steady. The rest of the world continued to accelerate. Now you have a term that many people don't understand. But what this whole top of my show is about tonight synchronized worldwide growth, synchronized worldwide growth. At this point, we're in the midst of a quarter where everything seems to have come together. The industrials are crushing the numbers. The techs are steaming higher, powered by the Internet of Things, the data center, the cloud, artificial intelligence, machine learning. And look, the Internet of Things It's not just about the Internet or about the back of of what's going on with phones. It extends to the home, the car, the plane, travel, leisure, you name it. And you can't get enough semiconductors to make it all work. You get a quarter like the one last time from Samsung that nobody's talking about but actually read about it, the huge Korean electronics company, and you marvel that there simply aren't enough chips in the world to meet the demand, hence why a micron or a Western Digital, after being stalled, can fly, taking semiconductor equip- equipment companies with it. Lamb Research, applied materials, happy 50th birthday, eh, Matt? You have positive early returns of the iPhone 10. I saw some story about Best Buy having some customer demand. Well, let me t- uh, issues. Let me tell you something. It's not what I'm hearing. Not at all. iPhone 10 gave Apple and its suppliers some nice lift. The component plays stole the show today. Meanwhile, the industrials can't keep up with the demand in aerospace, in defense, in construction. Layer on top of the rebuild from the storms in Florida and Texas, wet, rich areas. And you get a recovery in so many of the housing related stocks, too. How far reaching is this newfound strength? Personal computers have recovered, powering Intel, which might substitute for Qualcomm and the new iPhones next year. Because the latter's having a nasty dispute with Apple. That's dumb. Microsoft Cloud and PC business are accelerating giant company. Wow. Tech is a big sector. And all of it's being lifted by phones, data centers, various smart machines. As they say on late night TV, though, wait, there's more. The aerospace and defense rally, the former because of return to worldwide travel and flush airlines, the latter because of geopolitical tensions, and a new president who wants our allies to pay more to defend themselves. Extraordinary gains. The transports rally because there's more commerce, more imports, more exports, more FedEx, more UPS. At the same time, the banks are benefiting not just from expanded interest margins. That's been the story for years. No, they're benefiting from actual loan growth, which will then cause rates to go higher, which will pad their bottom lines further. It's what's known as a virtuous circle. Utilities and housing are growing because of the demographic changes and because there's enough money to buy new homes. Every company that sells into the housing sector is doing incredibly well. And, and, and you know, even the ones competing against Amazon. Hey, look, Best Buy is doing home deep lows. And the strength extends to everything that gets sold in the aisle. Stanley Black and Decker, Sherwin Williams, Fortune Brands, home security. Throw darts there. The stay at home economy has taken off video games powered by NVIDIA not to mention Netflix and big screen televisions, even home theaters. Yeah, I saw electronic arts. Maybe the quarter wasn't perfect. Give me a break. Today, whole new groups joined the party. The foods are recovering, in part because it looks like they've stopped their free fall. That's all I can explain. It's not a real earnings story. But the free fall seems to be broken. That's how I look at the strength of the group led by Kellogg and Mondelez. Consumer packaged goods companies trade with them, so those rally, too. I have no idea how long that will last because it's a counter-trend rally. It's not a major chord rally. It's a minor chord rally. Of course, not everything's a winner. It's never like this, but we can—and we, and we can, believe me, I can dwell on the losers. I know how to do that. I've done that. I, I know how to ruminate. Underarm. All right. Not great. I bet you Kevin Plank gets it together, though. I bet you he stops that uh, whiskey and rye thing that he's doing and just focus, bearing down. That's his style. Do I want to buy the stock at 11? Maybe. There's too much inventory, though. In keeping with the general retail, my that's that crush the stocks of Bases and Kohl's. Oh, that's the anti-inflationary Amazon at work. The steady nature of the drug companies isn't enough to attract new money. They're in their own personal bear market. Have you seen that? Their stocks are getting obliterated or any loss of a patent, any challenge to a new drug. They continue to be clobbered. There's a bear market going on in the drug stocks. Don't know how long that'll last. However, I would contend that those are now outliers. This quarter's proven to be one of tremendous bounty. So tremendous that people can't even recognize it. I wish we had some glasses. You put the glass. Do you need rose-colored glasses? Yeah. I mean, we should provide these to portfolio managers. These are what's called rose-colored glasses. Rose. All right. Just trying here. Healthy skepticism is not in favor. What's in favor on Wall Street? I'll tell you what's in favor. Unhealthy, corroded, jaded thinking, and that's why people are missing this rally. The bottom line. I'm not telling people to lighten up either in stocks or in mindset. That's all here. You can do what you want. It's a headcase game. I am urging you to forget about tax reform and when that's going to occur who runs the Fed, love Jay Powell, none of forever, or where rates are going in 2018 and accept the fact that we have a genuine non-inflationary boom going on. Both here and around the world and the stock market accurately reflects this fabulous situation. This is what a real bull market looks like. Don't fight it. Exploit it while it lasts. I want to speak to George in California. George. Yeah, Jim, I, I see you're a Harvard class of uh, 77. Well, this is Princeton, class of 56. I want you to know we forgive you. Well, man, my class, I, uh, I did well, but I got these guys Bomber and Gates in my class, man. They wrecked the whole distribution. I th- I feel like a poor man. What's going on, Fisher <laughs> 56. No, we're, we're just upset that you never went to Princeton, that's all. I turned <laughs> down Princeton because it was too close to Philadelphia. I loved it, but I didn't want to go so close to my folks because we were, like, feuding. Hey, you talk about Philadelphia. I understand they're renaming uh, Franklin Field to Kramer Field. Didn't know that. Well, you know what? No, that kidding. makes a lot of sense. I mean, what the heck? I mean, why not? I mean, like, you know, if the Eagles go to the Super Bowl, I mean, you got to have a little diversification. What's going on? That's true. All right, Let me tell you about this stock real quick.
0: Uh, it appears to have everything going for it, Jim. And the problem is the investors
1: just aren't impressed. The revenues are up 4% year to year. And which one would that be? I'm sorry? What was the stock? uh abby oh man abby my friend buddy pal stephanie link came to me 40 points ago and said abby was the real deal and i gotta tell you something george you are dead right abby is not done going higher. why because a person from the class of 56 has seen the downturns and the upturns you get the narrative and thank you for the call and franklin field i don't know I guess Kramer Field won't be so bad. I sold you there when I was younger. Yeah, you hoo. Like, hey, hey, you hoo! I want you. Anyway, we're in the midst of a genuine non-inflationary boom, and the stock market is actually reflecting that fabulous situation. This is what a real bull market looks like. Exploit it, don't shun it. Hey, man, money tonight. With news that Sprint and T-Mobile might now be on the outs. Could a company like American Tower benefit? I like that quarter. I'm going to sit down with the CEO after earnings find out. Then the software companies are soaring. But are you late for the party? We're just getting started? I'm going to tackle the technicals. And content be king. And in this age of rich digital media, Shutterstock is helping make it all look flawless. Is it a mini Adobe? Stocks hasn't looked too pretty so far this year. But with the shares up 13% today, it's worth checking out. You know what? Stick with... About opportunity? This morning, American Tower, the real estate investment trust that's the largest owner of cell towers on Earth, reported a seemingly disappointing earnings number. Stocks sold off hard. But when management spoke on the conference call, buyers rushed in and turned the stock right around. How did that happen? Because demand for cell towers has never been greater. And the action AMT today is the perfect example of why I always urge you to wait until the conference call before you make a move. And that's why I'm thrilled to have Jim Tanklin. He's the chairman and CEO of American Tower. Learn more about the quarter and where the company said, hey, Mr. Tanklin, welcome back to Man Money. Good Great to see you, be Jim. here, Jim. Well, what a classic one, Jim. I mean, you told a story of demand all around the world. It is a tr- fabulous
3: time to be in your business, isn't it? It is. And it's the intersection of real estate and technology. Very good place to be as an industry. I had felt that with 150,000 discrete towers,
1: that there really is one, no more room, and two, we don't need any more. It's the opposite. There's plenty of room, and you need tons more.
3: Well, you you need a lot more transmitters out there to go from 4 and ultimately to 5G and get everybody on the latest technology. And so the towers that we have today in the U.S., about 40,000 of them. Uh, We have some other suppliers in the market. We've got most of the infrastructure we need for the next few years in this country already built. It's a matter of, of your capacity management. How many more transmitters, how many more layers of equipment can you put on those towers? Are there ones that are maxed out and you have to get new ones? There are very few that are totally maxed okay. out. You can almost always, we call it, redevelop the tower, okay. strengthen it, make it taller, whatever you need. Are there buildings that, that seemingly could, use, could have towers that haven't been contacted yet or don't want it? Well, there's, there's a few. There's zoning restrictions in a lot right, of places, right. first of all. Uh, second of all, when you're in an urban environment like Manhattan, for example, mm-hmm. Uh, the value of the real estate for office buildings and condos and apartments is greater. So those are used as towers, actually, in some of those locations. But when we need to get a site built in a suburban, rural transportation Mm -hmm. corridor area, we can usually get it done.
1: Well, what I thought was most amazing about the call was the story of Brazil, of Argentina, Mm -hmm. of Mexico, of Nigeria, Mm -hmm. of South Africa. These are tremendous. India, you tell a gross story in every one of these.
3: Well, if you think about it, The U.S. and Western Europe, Japan, South Korea, they've been way ahead of everybody else in the world on having mobile telecommunication, mobile connectivity. And so all these other countries should and want to catch up. Uh, In India, for example, it's a government policy called Digital India to get everybody onto uh, mobile phone payments, onto mobile IDs, and really accelerate the economy and the, the, the way that their people live and the quality of life they have. So we're helping create that environment in these countries because you need the infrastructure to start right. with, just like everything else, roads, ports, etc. you got to have the infrastructure. No, the India part
1: of the call was interesting because you said that the market currently is not really a, a, a capitalist market, but it sounds like it's going to one, and that's when American Tower wins.
3: Well, what we would like to see at the end of the day are a handful of well-capitalized, ca- capable cell phone companies that can invest what it takes to get to, say, 4G in India over a reasonable amount of time. It takes a lot of capital to do that. There were too many companies that were trying to provide cell service across India. We knew that would rationalize over some period of time. It's happening right now in two years or so we think there'll be four or five mobile operators Mm -hmm. there'll be two or three big tower companies that's a really rational market looks a lot like what the u.s is today and that's very constructive for our industry well i'm glad you brought back the u.s because there is an overweening fear that if if
1: sprint were ever to merge with say t-mobile somehow it would be the death of your industry but what you just described would make me feel like even if you got that so-called bad news for you, it really isn't all that much so impactual.
3: We don't think it is in the long run, which right. is the way to look at our infrastructure stock. Right. Short term, I understand the hiccup, right? Right. There can be short term, either we call it churn, right. uh, some non-renewals because there's overlap sites and things like that. But over the long term, again, you need well-capitalized companies, right. whether there's three, whether there's four, whether there's five, to serve the market. There's 320 million people right. here that are going to want or have already 4G phones. They're going to use between today four to five gigabits a month. It used to be one right. gigabit, a, gigabit a month, now it's five. It's going to go to 10 and higher. So when you multiply the number of people with the phones mm-hmm. and, the, and the amount of data they use per month, that's what drives our industry. Right, that's a great so point. So it doesn't matter that right. much. Is it three? Is it four? Right. Is it five? Carriers, it matters. What's that
1: transition look like? All right, Jim, I had the privilege today at lunchtime to look at the 10, the iPhone 10. Mm-hmm. This thing has got to be a tremendous ad hoc. I mean, I have to believe when I see the 10, that's an incredibly important
3: phone for your industry. Well, yes, it was, and all the way back in 2007, Ted years ago, yeah. it's the anniversary. Was the first iPhone that caused an inflection in our industry right. because of the features, the quality that you could get with that product this is sort of a virtuous cycle you get a great product in your hand you've got app developers writing for it you get social media going now video social media it's really interesting even in India uh, our GM there was telling us Amit Sharma that people that move from villages to the city for jobs they really want to see their relatives back in the village where they came from right. when they communicated right. with them. And they can do this now in India. It's a huge quality of life improvement. So everybody wants these phones. There's a virtuous cycle. Right. You're going to use them more, right. the better the experience. And it's global. It's a global phenomenon. Well,
1: you know, what I like is that it doesn't have to be... If you, let's say you like the cell phone industry. I mean, people think it's got to be Samsung
3: or Apple. No, it could be American Tower. It can be American Tower. And what's great about the, the product providers, the handset providers... They're reducing the price of these in emerging markets. Oh, you me. can get literally $50 handsets that are probably 60%, 75% the capability of a basic iPhone. All right, that's a great point because a lot of people, think, how can
1: they ever afford this stuff? They're subsidized. Right. That's Jim Teichler, Chairman, President, CEO of American Tower. Wong, One of our favorite companies, especially during that period where like, there were guys saying it's not a growth story. What were they wrong? It's Dick As we've seen over and over again this earnings season, it's good to be a software company right now. In particular, the high-quality enterprise software plays have been roaring ever since Adobe reported a fabulous quarter just two weeks ago. And whenever you see this kind of move, the natural impulse is to ask yourself, have you missed it? Sometimes you are indeed late to the party, but other times the party's only just getting started. We got to figure this out, and that's why tonight we're going off the charts with the help of Bob He Came in to see me this weekend at our Street.com teaching. He's the founder of ExplosiveOptions.net, as well as being a brilliant technician. Behind the Streets trifecta stocks newsletter. Had to get a better sense of these red-hot enterprise software names because they're off the charts and a lot of them are big and you just don't know them. Long story short, he thinks many of the high-quality cloud-based software stocks have more room to run. From longtime Kramer faves like Autodesk and Adobe to smaller plays that I've never talked about ever, Ansys and PTC. So let's start with the chart of Autodesk, which you know we think is great, ADSK. It's the number one maker of computer-aided design software, meaning they help architects and inventors turn their ideas into digital blueprints. Oh, man, what a chart. A few years ago, Autodesk embraced the cloud. They now sell their software as a service. That's like Salesforce does, what a stock that is, rather than requiring customers to pay huge upfront licensing fees. And lately, these efforts have really begun to pay off. So it's no surprise that for the last month, this stock has just caught fire. After the terrific breakout last Friday on high volume, I mean, really just extraordinary. Lang says it's his favorite name in the group as Autodesk is buoyed by strong institutional buying. How can we tell? Well, look at the Chaikin money flow. CMF, Mark Chaikin was with me this weekend, too. This measures the level of buying and selling pressure in the stock. And as you can see, the money flow is strong on this. Lang thinks that Autodesk could easily head from the one from here up to 140. And that's in the not-too-distant future. He's right. It's not too late. I think the stock's terrific. How about the daily chart of Adobe, the digital media marketing kingpin? Uh, Shantanu Narayan, we know we think he's done a great job. It's been climbing steadily for years, thanks again to the strength of the cloud. Lang notes that Adobe totally caught fire a couple weeks ago when the company reported a fabulous quarter, launching the stock into the stratosphere. Quite surprising people didn't think this was going to be a good quarter. After a three-day period of consolidation, the darn thing hasn't looked back. For Adobe, once again, the shake and money flow, CMF, look at this. It's gotten very high very fast, indicating the big boys just can't get enough of Adobe. The Moving Average Convergence Divergence, or MACD, Momentum Indicator, helps technicians spot changes in the stock trajectory before they happen. Recently made what's known as a bullish crossover. You can see that right here in the green circle. Strong buy signal. Put it all together, and Lion thinks Adobe could be headed from 175 to the high 180s real soon. Okay. Ideally, you want to buy Adobe into weakness. That means if you can get any. Now let's talk about another group of stocks that we have in two similar, less well, well-known names that are in the same cloud theme. Ansys, <coughs> excuse me, and this is one A-N-S-Y-S. I see it in the chart the time. And then PTC. Take a gainer at the daily chart of Ansys. Here's a stock that sold off hard mid-September, but over the last month, it has rebounded and rebounded with a vengeance. Look at this on very good volume. You see the uh, Ansys is now up more than ten percent since its MACD indicator. Again, that's the uh, moving average convergence divergence. Gave you that buy signal about four weeks ago. Total smooth sailing. That said, Lang wouldn't be surprised if this one hundred thirty-six dollar end chain stock pulled back to one thirty-two, and that's the level where he would say pull the trigger. But for now, Lang says you should wait for a better pitch because it's been straight up. I have to do more work on this company. I don't know it very well. Finally, check out the chart of PTC, and that's a company formerly known as Parametric Technology. It makes software for engineering and computer-aided design. Autodesk, think that. Like we've been seeing repeatedly with these hot tech stocks, PTC reported a fantastic quarter last week, and the stock broke up in a major way. Lang likes that we've seen follow through in this. On top of that, he likes the MACDs flashing a strong buy signal right here. OK, in money flow. Extraordinary. Look at this. Basically, big institutional money managers have been buying this stock hand over fist, a sailor term. Lang believes that the $66 stock is going to go to 80 In the not-too-distant future, he recommends doing some buying into any pullback, although it might be a little while before we get one. So many people want to pull back in these kinds of names, and you just haven't been getting them. The bottom line, when a group that's very much in vogue with the Wall Street fashion show gives you a series of excellent quarters, like we've seen with these cloud-based software plays, the stocks just keep climbing. That's classic bull market behavior. And the charts as interpreted by Bob Lang, well, they suggest that Autodesk, Adobe, ANSYS and PTC have a lot more room to run. Let's go to Steve in Illinois, please. Steve.
0: Hi, Jim. This is Steve with a big booyah from the land of Lincoln.
1: Well, I'm liking that immediately. What's going on?
0: I'd like to hear your thoughts on Cloudera. They came out with an IPO earlier this year at around six. 15- oh, we 18- liked Cloudera.
1: We like that stock. I remember when we did the big workup on it. And I think it's terrific. I think you've got a winner there if you want to go for it. And remember, it's also the kind of stock that's really working in this market. Holy cow. How about we go to Elliott in New York, please? Elliott. That's for sure. is down, but not out, okay? I think the company is good. The stock's been not good. Let's go to Elliott in New York. Elliott. Hey, Jim. Booyah. Thanks for taking the call. Of course.
2: So, uh, I'm a long-term Shopify bull. I listen to all
3: the earnings calls and continuously buy all the dips. Additionally, I think Andrew Left is way off base, and I'm okay with waiting for the revenue to catch up with the valuation. Am I way off base?
1: Man, you know, this is, as you could tell from what happened today, this is a total battleground stock. And I just am not going to wade into this background. I know I like South by for a long time, but there's a long story and a short story. And when you get those, buy, so, buy, so, buy, I say, don't buy, don't buy, but don't, don't buy. sell either. I just I don't like it when there's crossfire and there's a real crossfire from people I respect. All right, the cloud based software plays have been on fire after a series of excellent quarters. I don't think the run is over, and nor does Bob Lang think so. Holy cow, Autodesk, Adobe, Ansys, and PTC, they can keep climbing. Much more man money, including my exclusive, with Shutterstock picture might be worth a thousand words, maybe a thousand smackers. Then talk about a power producer. I'm sitting down with Vistra Energy. Its CEO just did a $1.7 billion acquisition, and it could energize the company. It's a growth utility. And all your calls, Robin fire. Tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stick with Kramer. Tomorrow, kick off the trading day with Squawk on the Street. Live from Post 9 at the NYSE. What a show. Yeah. Uh, you know, when i see David, he's like, very matter of fact, well, you know, Rockwell's making a bit. I'm like thinking, I, I follow Rockwell, There was no bit that I know of. Well, now well, you do. Well, now I do. I do. It all starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. Look at Shutterstock run. For those of you who don't remember, Shutterstock is an online marketplace where all kinds of businesses can Quickly and legally license millions upon millions of high-quality photos, videos, illustrations, and music. They can compete with Adobe, but they have a much larger, higher-quality library of content. We'll find out more about that later. Now, for a while, it seemed like Shutterstock may have lost its way. The stock gradually moved lower and lower. Darn thing was down 42% over the past year, going into last night. But this morning, Shutterstock reported a blowout quarter, delivering a 4 cent earnings beat off a 27 cent basis, higher than expected sales, up 14.6% year-over-year, and management maintained their 4 year guidance. A lot of people were concerned that the quarter would be difficult as Shutterstock's been talking about how 2017 will be a transition year. But investors were presently surprised and the stock surged up $4.74, or nearly 14% today. So has the company gotten its groove back? Did it ever really lose it? Let's check in with John Oranger. He's the founder and chairman and CEO of Shutterstock. Hear more about the quarter and the company's prospects. Mr. Oranger, welcome back to Man Money. Good to see you. Good to see you. Have a seat. Thank you. This to me was the transition quarter where you are now uh, pretty much an ecosystem. I know your chief financial officer at one point said it's de minimis all these things you're working on and, and even said that in 2018 it could be de minimis. But to me, it's happening right now.
2: Yeah, we've made a significant investment in the platform. We now have six business units, and bringing them all into one place where we can cross-sell and upsell between them is really the goal of what we're doing here.
1: Now, we've had Adobe on many times, and to me, it seemed like Shutterstock is a really exclusively high-end company that also can partner with Adobe. You can partner with Adobe. It's not like it's neither. Yeah, we
2: we have a plug-in into the Adobe Creative Cloud, but we also are developing our own editing and creative workflow tools ourselves.
1: And how do people feel about so far about what you're developing?
2: They, uh, we, people are using our tools all the time.
1: Now, one of the things that I was uh, kind of fascinated about is even though it's an investment year, transition year, you have a huge amount of cash. You have no debt on the balance sheet. Are there things that you should be doing with that cash? I know that you didn't buy that much this quarter, but, I mean, maybe there's acquisitions that you're doing. I mean, the ratio of cash to your market cash is
2: pretty high. Yeah, we've been a profitable company since 2003. Right. We've dropped cash in the bottom line for the past 15 years. Uh, we bought Flashstock, uh, which we rebranded as Shutterstock Custom. Over the summer, and that's became our sixth business unit, we're pretty excited about that. Um, there are other ways we can use the cash. We're making a big investment into our platform, as you know. Um, we're always looking at other acquisitions. we invest a lot in marketing. Uh, we have the best people in the in the business we're always looking for others to join.
1: do you think that uh, people understand the piracy now versus doing it legally. I know initially people were kind yeah. of thinking they can get away with anything. Yeah, I
2: think, look, if you're a business, to pay between $1 and $5 for an image uh, that is uh, going to represent your brand is important, right? And we make sure that all of our images are model-released, they're property-released, they're vetted. Some of our photographers have been with us for over 10 years, so brands can really uh, be sure that the images that they download from Shutterstock can be used in an effective way with their brand.
1: Now, I, I happen to have the good fortune to see the uh, iPhone 10 today. And I'm thinking that if I were to start over on a business, I would get the highest imagery that you have because it works on the 10. Do you think that, that your business is all driven by these incredibly great cell phones?
2: Yeah, so more and more, uh, our photographers use cellular devices to take photos, upload them onto our website. And I think uh, over the next few years, we're going to take a dramatic turn where a lot of the photography that we sell and even a lot of the video we sell will be from mobile devices.
1: So, I mean, do people get that too? I mean, because I always feel that uh, they 're slow to adopt, but I know, for instance, I own a restaurant, and the first thing I thought of was like I should with this new resolution, I should get stock pictures, I should do some fun stuff. Do people realize i mean the creativity tends to it t- tends to blow up when you, the devices are so fabulous
2: yeah, I think we 're going to get even more varied content. I think uh, you know the, the best camera is the one you have with you at the time, and if you have a cellular Phone. If you have a smartphone with you, you're going to create amazing content uh, everywhere on the planet. We're going to be able to sell it for you. Um, we're the platform that uh, you'll you'll go to for that.
1: Okay, I thought that the uh, the image editing and licensing uh, uh, deal with uh, Google Sites could slides could be very big. I'm not sure how uh, how lucrative it can be though. Is it something that can just it, 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 that could be used for next year?
2: It's one of many places we've integrated. Uh, We have an API uh, that uh, several companies have have integrated into. We're integrated into uh, the Facebook ad creator, for instance, and we talk to businesses all the time. Uh, we want to be anywhere a business needs an image to drive revenue. That's really the goal of Shutterstock.
1: Well, I mean, all these things are coming together. You've got the Google, you, get, you have the Flash stock deal, which I really, really liked, and you, we talked about the Adobe. Why why is your, uh least on the call, why are you guys so circumspect about 2018? I mean, I think. It could all come together big. I mean, why am I – tell me I'm too bullish. Tell me I'm too bullish because, to me, it was the investment year yeah. is almost over, and all these things are going to be additive. They're not incremental.
2: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Uh, when it comes to our guidance, we've guided to the top end of our revenue range for right. this year. Uh, but, look, we every investment we make is a multi-year investment. We're not investing for the next quarter. We're looking for the next one, three, five years – of uh, customers, and that's what we're doing. Every well,
1: day. that makes sense. I mean, I, I sold the stock up before. And I said to myself, I was very scared that it might be a tough quarter. To me, it's the beginning of a long streak of good ones. But I, you know what? Maybe a- I'm too optimistic. It's okay. You've done right. 2003. People should think it's been around for a long time and been profitable. Look at the balance sheet. It's unbelievable. That's John Wergscher, founder, chairman, CEO of Shutterstock, a very inexpensive stock if you look longer term. That money's back here for the break. It is time for the lightning round. And then the lightning rounds over. Are you ready? Ski Daddy? time for the lightning round. Let's go to Sanford in Maryland. Sanford. Big booyah, Jim. Love the show. Oh, thank you so much. What's happening? Love you on Fantasy Sports Radio, too. My question for you is realogy.com. You know what, I like housing very much, but we're using Lenore right now because of that fabulous acquisition. Let's go to Jay in Virginia. Jay.
0: Kramer, big Booyah to you. Wanna know what you think about Edwards lifestyle? People have turned on
1: this stock. Annals have been downgrading. I think they're premature. I like the technology. I'm fired. Let's go to Sal in New York. Sal.
2: Hey Jim Booyah. Love booyah. your show. Uh, I have a small position, S G H Spark Global Holdings. I have a I'm up a hundred percent. I bought it. Um, and, uh, it's been down over the last two uh, couple of weeks. I'm not going to let install. you down. I
1: don't know the company. Uh, I have to do work. I do not know Smart Global. Uh, let's go to Audrey in Arizona. Audrey. Hi, Jim. How are you? Doing well. How about you? I'm doing real well, thank you. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, what, uh, my stock is Cerner, C-E-R-N. You know, it's ter- Boy, again, I mean, we talked earlier. Cerner's a battleground. I am telling people that UnitedHealth is the play because of Optum. We go to UnitedHealth, U-N-H, Frank in Michigan.
0: Frank. Hi, Jim. Good to talk to you again. Uh, after you made some positive comments about BX, I started a small position in it. It had, did some research on it steadily, but slowly it's gone downhill since then. Uh, I like the dividend yield for that part of my portfolio. My question is, am I missing something? Should no, I be I mean, buying I mean, on the dips or?
1: For Blackstone, Blackstone's down, I mean, the 52-week high is 35 Is it $33.29? I, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, and the 5% yield, you're doing great. I'm a buyer of Blackstone. I think that Steve Schwartzman's remarkable. And he also had to live down the road from me. I'm not done because I got to go to Phil in Michigan. Phil! Hey, Jim, you the to wall Street Kramer? Here's the Michigan Halloween Booyah ya! I'm liking How that right top yet? of the
0: world, Mom. Booyah. What's up? I've had this stock for uh, almost a year. It's been laying in a perprican pupp- 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 for months. Do we bury it or resuscitate? Ollie's Bargain Outlet.
1: Ollie's Bargain Outlet is fantastic. It's one of two retailers that I actually like. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. But Burlington was really good today. The old Burlington Co Factory, B U R L. I'm a buyer of Ollie's, not a seller. I may go for hit like him for Halloween. And that, ladies and gentlemen, the conclusion of the Lightning Round!
2: The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade.
1: After months of talks, Vistra Energy, a big Texas-based utility, finally announced its plans to close its merger with Dynagy yesterday, which could create a $20 billion energy titan. The deal gives Vistra some major power generation holdings throughout the Northeast, Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest. But while Dynagy's stock soared on the news, Vistra's stock got slammed. It fell from $20 to $18 yesterday. Let's bounce back nicely in today's session. Normally, we wouldn't be too excited about a utility at this point in the economic cycle. But the current economy is so strong that it's allowing the utility stocks to roar. I think this deal could be a game changer for these guys. So let's sit down with Kurt Morgan, he's the president and CEO of Vistra Energy to learn more about the Dynergy deal and what it means for shareholders going forward and whether you should buy the stock. Mr. Morgan, welcome to Mad Money.
0: Hey, Jim, thanks a lot for having me on. you got a great uh, show here. Oh,
1: you're too kind. Thank you. All right. So we have introduced people to the American Electric Powers, to the Dominions. We've had a lot of the traditional utility place. Could you please describe why Vistra is different and it's more of a growth situation so people know what they might be getting into?
0: Yeah, sure. And we're what we refer to as uh, a competitive uh, generator with a a retail energy provider uh, we don't have any regulated revenue streams and you know we're free to deploy capital outside of the regulatory scheme and so there's opportunities for us obviously to create returns above you know regulated returns and if you can deploy capital at the right times of the cycle uh, you can create disproportionate returns but you have to be disciplined and you have to have a strong balance sheet. So,
1: you buy Diane and you incorporate that with your very, very good balance sheet, and you become a national utility that could actually grow even faster than you could just in Texas.
0: That is correct. And, you know, this is a complimentary deal. So, you know, we were uh, exclusively in Texas, and now we're in multiple states. Uh, it's also complimentary from the standpoint of just fuel type. We're going to be a lot more uh, natural gas fired generation, which is really the fuel of the future for the next 10 years at least. And so, yeah, this is a, you know, this is a great deal for us to diversify our business.
1: Now, just again, so people understand, a, a regulated utility may not be able to make any money, uh, more money if natural gas falls in price, because they're regulated. Your company, if you can get cheap fuel and grow, benefits the right to the bottom line.
0: It does. Um, and, you know, the, the the thing about our company is it's resilient in both low, low and High gas prices, we're probably more leveraged to higher natural gas prices, because that translates into higher power prices. But given our strong combined cycle gas fleet, our natural gas fired generation fleet, we actually can make money on the down cycle of the gas business, which is really important to us. And the last thing I'd say, Jim, is that we have a retail business, too, that does well in lower power price environments and also in high power price environments. I think that's a differentiator. We're an integrated uh, power company, and uh, the retail business is c- incredibly important.
1: I'm glad you brought that up, because one of the things when I was reading about your company, and thank, thank you for flagging me because it's such an interesting deal, is that people get to choose. You know, people understand that maybe of where I'm in, New Jersey. They can choose power companies, and your company has, a, 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 let me see. I'm trying to put this right, but it has a much better reputation than other providers, so people can switch to you, and apparently you're the dominant play because of the customers like you.
0: That's right. I mean, we've, we have 24% of the market share in Texas. We've kept that amount for many years. Uh, we have very strong customer loyalty and customer ratings. Uh, some of the tops in any retail business. Uh, and we have a, a very good product and services uh, part of our retail business that creates new products and services like free nights and solar days. Uh, very creative business, very analytical and, and very profitable.
1: Now, Dynergy, at one point had lost its way. It had gotten in trouble. People thought it had taken too much debt on. Was, is it cleaned up enough that it can't bring Vistra down?
0: Yeah, so at, at the end of the deal, uh, when we close that day, we will be, and I don't want to get too much jargon here, but we'll, we'll have uh, roughly four times uh, gross debt to our, our earnings or EBITDA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's still the lowest after the deal closes. Of anybody else in the business, and then within two years we're back to our target of the three times gross debt to EBITDA, and that allows us, obviously, given the, the the earnings power of the company and the cash flow of the power uh, of the company, to deploy capital. Uh, during the low t- uh, p- parts of the cycle.
1: Well, I got to tell you, you're a great way to play the industrial renaissance. I mean, you're in, in fantastic areas that are doing really well. I want people to understand you're a growth company, Kurt Morgan, President CEO of Vistra Energy. Congratulations on that deal, sir. I think it's going to be a great one for you.
0: Thanks a lot, Jim. Thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. Okay, guys, you want growth? You wouldn't think you could get a utility, but an unregulated utility based in Texas that just moved into the Northeast, that company's going to give you growth. BST. I like the stocks. David Kramer. I like all four of those Bob Lang software companies. They seem very right here. Like I said, there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise you I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Kramer. Happy Halloween, and see you tomorrow.
2: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card.